Hello, 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 and welcome to Puff Puff Pass, where Sahara and I discuss our favorite good and bad movies. Sahara, mm -hmm. how are you doing today? I'm alright. A little tired. A little tired? Dude, mm -hmm. we were all, like, around town today, dude. Mm -hmm. We went to... What happened? We woke up er super early, and we got breakfast at, like, McDonald's or something, mm -hmm. and then we, uh... We came back home, and then we chilled for, like, a few hours, and then we got up, we went to visit your family, mm -hmm. we went clothes shopping, you know, it was a whole thing. And then we went and visited my sister, because she moved into college, whatever. Yeah, shout out to y'all starting college, good luck, bro. God can't save you. Uh, can't relate. Literally. No, but Sarah, mm -hmm. what movie are we doing this week? Today we will be covering the 2004 action fantasy... Catwoman. You see, I thought this movie came out in like the 90s. I didn't know it was like 2004. I remember when it came out. I don't. My parents saw it. Sorry. <laughs> and I remember, do you, like, you know when you watch a movie when you're a kid and you watch it like over and over and then you watch the same movie as an adult and you're like... Wow, this is, is really bad. And you're like, is this really the plot of this movie? Because you remember the seeing the scenes. of the movie? Yeah. Like, you remember seeing the scenes over and over again? Like, you've seen these scenes before. But then you're finally understanding the story, and you're like, mm, toxic cream. I get it now. I get it now. No, this movie was wild, dude. Like, I've never... I'd never seen this movie before. Mm -hmm. I remember, like, any time, like, there's, like, a Batman conversation on Twitter... It's, it always evolves into Catwoman. It's like, oh, who's the hotter Catwoman? Is mm -hmm. it Anne Hathaway? Is it Michelle Pfeiffer? Mm -hmm. Is it uh, Halle Berry? Mm -hmm. You know? Honest opinion. It's Halle Berry. <laughs> Mo moving on from that, since we're on the subject. Okay. This movie stars Halle Berry. I'm kidding. Now we need to go into the directors and all that. I just thought this it was, was a fun segue. This was directed by Pitoff, who is a French visual effects director. French? That makes sense. Um, I did look into other movies that he made, but it, like they were so obscure, and the only thing I recognized was Catwoman. They are so obscure. What was his name? Pitoff. Pitoff? It's just Pitoff. That's just how he goes on. P-E-T-O-F. Like P-I-T-O-F. Pitoff. Oh, P-I-T-O-F. Mm -hmm. That's wild. I know. Oh, his name, yeah, his name's just Pitoff. Mm -hmm. His real name's John Christoph Komar, but Pitoff. Okay. Weird. So the budget for this film was $100 million, and it grossed worldwide $82.1 million. So great start off or a box office bomb. Um, a box office bomb, which is the theme of this month, in mm -hmm. case you've missed it. We are doing box office bombs. Love that. But this film stars Halle Berry, which we've had had on the podcast before. Have on we, another yeah. really bad movie and box office bomb, Moonfall. Moonfall. She was in Moonfall. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go listen to that, that was for our disaster movie month. So funny. Mm -hmm. We also have Sharon Stone, who's in Basic Instinct, Total Recall, and Casino. Mm. We also have Benjamin Bratt, who was in Miss Congeniality with... What's with her name? Sandra Bullock. And he was in Law and & Order and Coco. And Coco. Mm-hmm. Love that for him. Who, do you, who was he in Coco? Like the Disney film? Ernesto, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. Ernesto de la Cruz. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I know. So, do you think this film hits the classic beats of a superhero movie that were coming out around this time? Mm, I mean, yeah. I mean, it felt very much like... Looking back on it, it felt very much like uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the best. Like Sam, Ra like Sam mm -hmm. Raimi's Spider-Man. I feel like that was the vibe that they were trying to go for. Because that movie... Spider-Man came out in, like... 
Sam Raimi Spider-Man, whatever. That came out, like, 2002. Mm. So, like, yeah. yeah. It, it's very much the same vibe. Mm-hmm. When I was listening to another podcast about this, they were saying that, like, this kind of hits the same beats as Steel, which I know we wanted to do at one <laughs> point. Oh, my God. And I thought that was really funny. Love that for us. Um, how do you feel about this Catwoman being completely based on nothing but the name alone? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Mm. I guess so. I mean... Just I guess so? Like... Let me reread the question. Hold on. Well, I, oh, I misunderstood you. I thought you said, like, so do you think this was just based on, like, Catwoman, like, just the name? And I, that's why I said I guess so. No. How do I feel about it? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's very lazy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because it's very much like a... And I would get it if it was just, like, unrelated. Mm-hmm. But, like, they literally, like, oh, like, based on, like, the DC Comics, like, character. Like, in, like, the opening credits, mm-hmm. which are too way too long, mind you. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, based on, like, the uh, character created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, okay, so. This is Catwoman. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, minus the everything about it, you know? Well, Pitoff quoted saying, I checked out some to see how Catwoman is treated in the comics to make sure that our Catwoman was in the same vein, but I didn't want to be influenced by the comic book, because the whole point of the movie is to be a first, a movie, and to be different. Different from Batman, different from Spider-Man, the movie has its own identity, end quote. Mm. What do you think about that? I mean, that's great, but, like, if you're going to use, like, an existing character... I know. Like, if you... If it was that... Si- but she's not an existing character, though. Catwoman? This Catwoman. This don't count, though. I don't well, know. she was already a character, you know? She was in other... She was in other films. Patient Phillips is in other films? No, not Patient Phillips. Like, Catwoman. That's what I'm saying, but this Catwoman, this, this different iteration of her... This is it. This is all she has. Like yeah. she's not in the comic books. There are no other instances that um, we hear of Patient Phillips, and, and unless you're talking about the video game, it's just that in the video game, and that's it. I mean, yeah, but like what I'm saying is like, no other Catwoman has like cat superpowers. You know, mm-hmm. like they just are like that because they move like a cat. You know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was because she was a cat burglar. Yeah. Uh, so they were trying to get Catwoman to be a movie ever since like Michelle Pfeiffer played her mm-hmm. and you know Michelle was just like well you know I have a family now and I don't want to I don't want to do that anymore you know and then you know Nicole Kidman was in talks of being Catwoman yeah and then uh, they finally landed on Halle Berry when she stepped out so yeah you said Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. I cannot see them on this you Nicole Kidman and who, and who else? Well, Michelle Pfeiffer. They wanted her. Oh, they want her to come back? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Well, they were trying to get this back when, um, I said Batman Returns, right? Is yeah. Is that the one? She's in, I think that's when, um, because I think she's With Adam like, West, right? I think so. And, uh. Or maybe it wasn't, no. It might have been Michael Keaton. Maybe. I don't know. So many people play Batman, bro. I know. It's so hard to keep track. Um, but I know she was like a fan favorite when that movie came out and they wanted you know for her to do her own spinoff movie and she was like okay cool and then you know it stayed in development until she like 
started having a family of her own, she was like, you know, I don't really want to do that anymore. Um, so what do you think of the lore that this film tries to pull off? I don't like it. I think it's very, like, you pulled this out of your ass. <laughs> I'm like, I'd get it mm-hmm. if it was, like, actually, like, original, mm-hmm. but it's just like, oh, yeah, ancient secrets lost to man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much like... It feels like it's ripping off of uh, Dr. Fate, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, Ancient Secrets Lost the Man, you know, but you have been, like, chosen mm-hmm. to, like, lead this life to do this, yada, yada, yada. And I'm, like, 90% certain. I am 90% certain we see a mask of, like, Dr. Fate when she goes in, uh, she goes into, like, that one lady's house. Ophelia's? I am 90% certain we see Dr. Fate's, like, helmet. Like, she points it out, too. And I'm like, no way. I don't remember that. We will rewatch the scene or whatever. But, like, we didn't rent the movie, right? It was just on... No, no, it was on uh, Max. Yeah, it's on Max, by the way, if you want to watch along with us. We should probably plug that, like, when the episode comes out. Like, oh, it's on this in case you want to listen to the podcast while you watch. We should do that. Okay. It's on Max. It's on Max. <laughs> Formerly known as HBO Max. But don't but don't go on HBO Max. It don't exist. I still have the app on my phone. Same, bro. <laughs> I'm like, this is a relic. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. Um, no, I thought the lore was, like, very... It was giving Spider-Man for me. And I was just like... It Spider-Man. Was, the way that she acts is definitely giving, like... This entire movie is just, like, when Peter Parker starts crawling on the wall. Like, when you see his little, like, legs on his fingertips. And what was like, your thought of when you first time you saw that movie? What? The the fingertip things. I thought that was disgusting. The barbs. Ugh, I thought it was gross. Like, don't touch me, bro. He's just like, hey. Like, you're not even touching me. Why do I feel you touching me before you're actually touching me? Okay. <laughs> you're on one. Do you remember in Spider-Man when they were trying to see if his cum was actually made out of, like, spider webs? And spider over there trying to see if was what? His he actually came spider spider webs. They're like, did they come anywhere else? Do you remember that? I don't. And the spider, the, the one with the, all of them, where he was saying that they come out of his. Skin. Oh, in No Way Home. Yeah. He's like, does that come out of you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, everywhere. <laughs> they out of pocket for that. So. I would like you to name one thing you liked about this film. What was the only redeemable quality for you? Halle Berry. <laughs> That's it. No, um, well, that too. Halle Berry, just... But also, uh... I don't think she's very good in this film. She's Halle Berry. I don't care. That's it? Before or after? I'm not allowed to like Halle Berry. Okay, but Halle Berry before she gets her hair cut or after? Ah, uh, that's a toughie. How is that a toughie? Because she's fucking annoying before she gets her cat powers. She's like, I'm sorry. Uh, Halle Berry and leather. How about that? (laughs) That, that, And that's my final answer. That's your final answer. Okay, no. CGI. By the way, I just want to point out she had that in her office, like, use in case of dating emergency. And I'm just like... (laughs) Her friend gave that to her. I know, but, like, what would you do? Let's say, like, you're going... My friend bought me, like, leather. No, let's say you're going out with some girl, right? Mm -hmm. And she, like, pulls up or whatever... And you, like, invite her over. She's like, hold on, let me go change. She comes out in, like, a full, like, leather suit. And you're just like... <laughs> like, you guys have been on the rocks, whatever. And she's like, I can I can save this. Comes out in a full leather suit. I'd be a little scared. Whoa. Are you ready to get into it? I'm oh, ready. I, I didn't even say what was my one redeemable. Oh, what was your one redeemable quality? There are some shots in the film that I okay, actually... Okay, shots really... don't count. 
Why? Shots don't count. I think that's pretty redeemable. Shots are like screensavers, bro. <laughs> okay. Shots don't count. Mm, one redeeming quality. Hmm. The cats did not die. The cats didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I liked oh uh, I liked how in the beginning when she gets her cat powers or whatever that cat is very obviously like a person in a motion capture suit are you talking about when it's CGI <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's CGI or mocap but it looks mocap like their legs like kind of bend like where our knees would be but they bend like a different weight uh, it's weird it's hard to explain but I feel like I'm like you need to draw that out for me are you sure you don't want to smoke before we get into it? I'm good. Let's go. All right, Catwoman. Cats. So we get like this sequence of cats throughout history and how important they are as we get like the title card etched into hieroglyphics. And we don't even get like Cats the Musical, which I was expecting, by the way. I don't like Cats the Musical, but I was expecting because it's like Cats throughout history, you know. <laughs> just Cats the Musical. Just just for like a second there. Like a stage presence. Or, I'm like, oh, they couldn't afford the rights. <laughs> So this sequence goes on for a really long time. It's a good five minutes. Oh yeah, you like you can just skip. Go ahead and skip ahead. Just so basically, it's telling us that Catwoman has been around for a while. Literally. And then we get a voice voiceover of Patient Phillips, played by Halle Berry. Patience as, Phillips. As she tells us that it all started the day she died, as we see her body floating in the water. We don't know it's her body though. Yes, you do. I mean, she says... You can put two and two together, Christian. She literally says, uh, everything started the day I died, and it's just, and I think, pretty sure you see her face. Maybe, I don't know. But I just want to point out, she doesn't have, like, feet. That's because her pants are long. Also, she wears the same shoes. Like, the whole movie? Like, low-key. Like, those little flats that she wears, like, the pointed flats. Because the whole time I was thinking, those shoes are so ugly. They're not for you. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking the entire time. You're so funny. So she continues to tell us her life was unremarkable and she is alone and there was no funeral for anyone to attend because the day that she died was also the day she started to live. But that comes later. And then we get like this really weird like spinning shot of the city. And I'm not sure if it's Gotham or New York or whatever, but it's not said at all what this city is. Mm-hmm. So she continues to narrate to us that her life was boring, just working and sleeping and then working again. And I thought, okay, well, I mean, that's just kind of like life, you know? So we also see that patience is kind of a klutz and it just runs into everyone. She makes her way to work and she's like the, you know, she's not like other girls, you know, trope. I'm not like other girls. Yeah. And she tells us that she should have been an artist by now, but instead she was stuck designing ads for beauty cream. Shame. We see patients at- Like, you can still be an artist, though. Yeah, I know. I don't understand why she stayed there. Unless, like, for insurance reasons or good money, but I'm just like, you couldn't sell your art on the side, queen? Literally. (laughs) So, we see her at work. She talks to her work friend, Lois Griffin, as she applies the cream that they both sell, as Lois complains about a headache and her eyes hurting. And I thought to myself, stop using the cream then. That's obviously what's causing these Literally. things. And also, even as a kid, I noticed this, but now that I'm older, I can make words good. <laughs> uh, what is up with the lighting in this film? It is so 
aggressively annoying the lighting of this film. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks hazy. Yeah. Especially when they like the lights like on their face. No. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It, so, quick side plot here. Mm-hmm. It's still the movie, but I was curious. I looked this movie up on Google. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the why to watch section here, it says bold, thrilling, and fiery. A, vo- a voice from IMDb says. I was well entertained and absolutely loved the movie. I gave it a 10 for costume, authenticity, casting, and plot. That's a bot right there. The next one was The next one is five stars out of five. Don't listen to the reviews. It's one of the greatest films that has ever existed. That's Pitoff himself, bro. Uh, where was it? That's just Pitoff in different accounts, Literally. Bro. Someone said 10 out of 10. It's pretty genius when you think about how ballsy it was for Warner Bros. to create a whole new character in no way related to the DC Comics character. This is just Pitoff, bro. No, did you? No, listen, <laughs> no, listen, listen. listen. Uh, oh, my God. Just listen to the whole thing. It's pretty genius when you think about how ballsy it was for Warner Bros. to create a whole new character in no way related to the, to the DC Comics character. Shame some people just can't accept it as its own thing. Only Catwoman in name. There's something appealing about Halle Berry. And, and that Pitoff guy is so, such a genius. There, there's something appealing about Halle Berry in a leather dominatrix outfit jumping on rooftops in the dark, dark urban landscape of Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's an action-revenge thriller set in the world of beauty products and dark alleys with the hint of a good R&B score. No, it is not! There's a bit of social commentary in there about the way women are treated in the beauty industry at a certain age, or it could be about a woman accepting her flaws and becoming free with herself. I'm not ashamed to admit I love Catwoman. For its runtime of nearly two hours, I can safely argue I wanted more. The film directed by vi- French visual effects uh, supervisor newcomer Pitoff feels like a comic book come to live, come to live, not life, with its vivid colors and wild editing. Those are all just Pitoffs, bro. Countless times we get insane CG crane shots of the beautiful Salt Lake City and the dark alley alleys. Why do they keep saying Salt Lake City? Well, unnecessary. It makes her campy fun, considering it was the early 2000s and they didn't know how it was going to fare with audiences. Plenty of people judge its $100 million budget when they forget Hallie was paid $12 million and they made statue figurines in a video game that further added to the budget, not to mention the promo they did. So there's the $100 million everybody complains about. That's just Pitoff, bro, in different accounts. That's Pitoff with different... People are putting whole goddamn, like, bibliographies in this shit, dude. Just jerking it off. Yeah, that one I was trying to read earlier. Don't listen to reviews. It's one of the greatest films that has existed ever thus far. But there are some flaws that has gotten this film neglected in some ways. But there are people like me who remember until this day appreciate it very much. And the way we go back to our golden days and see how the 2000s affected the culture live through great times than today's modern woke and it's a mess that has led to this is all one sentence by the way and it's very poorly written grammatically what the fuck is that homie talking about jesse what the fuck are you talking that's about that's what i'm trying to figure out i'm just like did we watch the same eight percent on rotten tomatoes mind you you don't have to yell babe <laughs> i just said eight percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> what did we watch the same movie? Did, I, did we watch the same? Because I'm just like, the plot is because of beauty cream. Beauty cream. A beauty cream. That would have stopped selling on the shelves immediately. And then that, that girl would have gone to jail if she just mind her damn business, bro. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, but I mean, there's like a huge alligator man running in the sewer or like a mobster running around and a man who kind of looks like a penguin but yeah sure toxic beauty queen toxic beauty 
beauty queen. Beauty queen. So. Next, we cut to a corporate meeting as they discuss their new product and how revolutionary it is since the invention of soap. This guy basically says that their cream not only hides the effects of aging, but reverses it. And I think now, but like, honestly, thanks to the Barbie movie, but like, aging women aren't something we should be afraid of. Instead, like, we should just embrace getting older. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really hate that this is, like, the catalyst for the villain for the story, because it's only just really sad. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even you said, I'm like, okay, well, she looks younger than the girl they're replacing her with. Yeah. And I'm just like, why... Why is this a thing? Like, why are we so afraid of getting old? You know? And I think it's just the fear of being cast aside. You know, by society, I No, guess. I get you, but I'm like, homie, you have, like, a millions of dollars, bro. So, like... Maybe buy something off of Amazon. Does Amazon... <laughs> when was Amazon founded? It was like 1994. Okay, buy, buy something off of Amazon. No, for real. <laughs> I was like, I know they were like just books at the beginning, but I'm like, I don't know when they were founded. So 1994. Buy something off of Amazon. <laughs> so the guy is about to be is like telling the corporate group that it's time for a change when a woman steps up and interrupts him and tells us that this guy is her husband and that they both thought that it's time for her to step aside as the face of the company and that's time for the company to have a new fresh face named Trina. The company? Who cares about the company? What about us? So Trina has like all the opposite features of like the lady that came in and like you know the lady's like blonde hair blue eyed and then Gina's like dark hair brown eyes and like but but younger essentially is yeah they make it seem like Drina is like fucking 15 years old and I'm just like this woman is definitely like 28 like she they both look old yeah and I'm just like not that that's the point the movie's making but like they both look old I don't even know what the point the movie is trying to make anyway know? and so we can but we can tell that the other lady's really upset about being replaced by Drina you know oh yeah because get it women aging is terrible mm-hmm. and so we learn that the CEO is a man named George and he tells the company that they're hosting a gala to toast to Drina and his wife is like oh careful she's not old enough to drink which embarrasses George but it's a small win for his wife but so like no way she is not 21 that's what I'm saying she, exactly. She looks like she's been like. She looks like she's twenty five. Yeah, like she looks way older. She, yeah. At at minimum twenty five. Yeah. So I was just. Like, I'm like, you confused. couldn't just. Drina has no lines in this film, mind you. She has a line. She's just like, I'm bored. Can we go? And he's like, Shut up. And she's like, Okay, bye. <laughs> she has one line in this film. They could have gotten anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they chose someone who looked older than the I woman know. who she's replacing. I don't know. Maybe it was just one of those like, oh, I think it'd be really weird to actually use like a teenager. Like, Why? I, see th- I mean, I could see that because it kind of implying that she is sleeping with the CEO. So I can see how that's kind of like new. So he's still he's still sleeping with someone who's underage. Mm-hmm. Like she can't drink alcohol yet. Mm-hmm. So like, it's still weird. Yeah, yeah. I just I maybe it was like more like a comfort a comfortable level. Maybe? I guess. I mean, but like they could have gone like twenty four, and not like nineteen twenty. Anyway, and so. We cut back to Patience as she tells Lois that this is her first uh, lead campaign and that she's nervous and we overhear George and his wife fighting, you know. Uh, We then cut to George and his wife, whose name is Laurel, mind you, Mm -hmm. and he's like scolding Laurel for not being able to help it when it comes to making a scene. Like, oh, you always make a scene. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, did I steal your moment? And then they get a knock from Patience, like at the door. And she walks in like awkwardly and he tells her, he's like, you know, Patience, I'm not pleased with your work. And he's like, oh, you know, like you're so incompetent, whatever. And you see Laurel in the background just like laughing and smiling. Mm -hmm. And this makes you like 
thing he's not really mad he just wants a woman to yell at that, that isn't his wife yeah you know it's just like ew like i agree with you like you just he's just a hater and he's gross everything about this guy sucks and so george calls her clothes ugly or whatever and, and he's like also you should think about getting your nails done which is like also really uncalled for he's like going for like patience's throat here but why which is like why i'd have been like uh i'm an artist so why would i need to get my and so, done? yeah and so laurel tells george she's like oh just give patience another chance since we both know she's a good artist or whatever george is like fine but you have to have it revised and given to me here by midnight tomorrow Ooh. and i'm like does that mean like a few hours from now or like because that's technically I, 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 I hate when people say midnight mm-hmm. it, maybe it's just because uh, a journal it's a journalism thing but like we, we don't say midnight or noon mm-hmm. we can get super specific because like if I say like oh it happens at midnight I'm like okay cool is that like a few hours from now is mm-hmm. that like do you mean to say tomorrow because mm-hmm. when people say like midnight tomorrow uh, what they mean to say is like the next day mm-hmm. like 12 technically 12 a.m. the day after mm-hmm. is what they mean but it makes it sound like they mean like in a few hours mm-hmm. so but that's just me personally but and so like anyway and so uh, that night we then cut to patience's apartment she's like trying to get some sleep Mm -hmm. but her neighbor neighbors across the alley are having like this huge party and she opens the window she's like hey can you like can you like turn it down like she can't even we can't even hear her over the music Mm -hmm. and so but she looks down and sees like a cat there uh just chilling you know just chilling it's like meow and that morning patience is like repainting that project for work she notices that that same cat has come up to her balcony mm-hmm. and so she like is like oh okay and she sees it like hop off and so she goes like look for it and she sees it's on this like ledge thing or whatever mm-hmm. above her above her window and she like goes outside to like kind of reach it she like reaches out her window and she ends up like stepping on like an ac unit mm-hmm. to, like to reach to the cat or whatever mm-hmm. and while this is happening this guy just like happens to drive by and look up and see this and he immediately like gets out he's like oh hey uh uh, everything's gonna be alright you don't gotta jump and we learned that this guy's like a cop mm-hmm. and Patience is like oh no I'm just like trying to get the cat or whatever and the guy's like the, and then we cut it to like look up to what she's pointing to and the cat's out there and, mm-hmm. and the guy, and the cop guy's like yeah totally the cat yeah the cat like just trying to like persuade her. like like oh yeah you're not crazy like don't jump don't jump do a flip that pissed me off I know like I know I'm just trying to get the cat there's no cat be like no no I mean yeah there's a cat there's a cat and I'm like no, there is an actual cat. <laughs> don't don't patronize me. Oh my god. You know, but like, and so uh, he he's like, "What apartment are you?" And she's like, "Oh, uh, uh, twenty She says twenty three. Twenty three or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he like runs up there and like kicks down her door, mind mm-hmm. you. Like, way to kick down my door, bro. And uh, as patience is like standing on the AC, it finally like gives out, and as she's about to fall, the cop guy like saves her, and everyone just like is on Woo! the street. It's like. Whoa! clapping they love clapping in this movie dick rider they love clapping dick. and i think and i think it's because this is what pita thinks us americans are just like are always seeing in our normal lives and we're always like wow you know that one person got me thinking where was catwoman filmed what like was it salt lake city <laughs> 2004 because i'm like how do you know it was in salt lake city was it in salt lake city no so no. why do they keep saying it was in salt lake city uh, literally, the film labored in development hell for years. Yeah, I fucking bet. I told you that. I know. I just, I was just reading past it again. Okay, L.A., mm-hmm. Winnipeg, and Manitoba, and uh, Canada, mm-hmm. Vancouver, and uh, Burbank. So none of this is in Salt Lake City. So I'm very confused. Those were bots, bro. Those were fucking bots. <laughs> I'm gonna look up Catwoman Salt Lake City and just see what shows up. 
go on. So back inside her apartment, the cat is just chilling, and she explains to the cop that that was the cat she was trying to save, and he's like, wow, so you really went out there to save your cat? And Patient explains to him that it's not really her cat, as she realizes she's late for work, leaving the cop in her apartment. But she also drops her wallet on the way down. Womp womp. Remember that. It's a canon event. Canon event. Back at the beauty cream headquarters, we see Laurel making her way inside the lobby, but stops in her tracks when she sees Drina's gigantic face plastered on a video screen that they just have. She looks at the picture of herself that is now on the side as her husband George tells her that no one can beat father time. As we establish that she uses the anti-aging cream and tells her he will be late coming home tonight and not to wait up. And also tells her that the scientist that makes the cream has some concerns that they want to discuss. So he's basically telling her, like, hey, go see our scientist because I don't want to. And Laurel's like, okay, cool, whatever. And then we see, like, pictures of Laurel getting, like, literally taken out of the building because, get it, she's old. So, I found one thing. What? So, it's from this website called ldsfilm.com like Mormon or whatever it's very much uh, they put this website together in five minutes the setting of this big budget comic book movie was Salt Lake City, Utah according to the countless reports in the entertainment press prior to the movie's release apparently pre-release information provided by the production studio specified Salt Lake City as a setting although overt references to Salt Lake City were not in the final version of the film that was released in theaters so I'm like what what any of this would make you think it's Salt Lake City? Like when I see Catwoman, I would just immediately think I'm like, okay, Gotham. Are you guys allowed to watch PG thirteen films? Depends, I guess. I feel like this is one of those movies they were allowed to watch, and that's why they love it so much. Christian, they don't have the hub. This is all I have. It is what it is. I'm gonna go. To some, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Christian's going through a deep dive. Back with patients at her desk, one of her co-workers tells her there's a hot guy on the floor. And lo and behold, it's our cop guy from earlier, and we learn his name is Detective Tom Lone. As patients introduce him to her friends. So Tom is there to drop off her wallet that she left behind when she was in a hurry. And Tom picks up her art book and is like, wow, you're like really good. And tells her that he's sorry for calling her crazy and wants to make it up to her for buying her some coffee. And I thought this was kind of like stalker behavior, but that's just me. Stalker behavior? Patient agrees to go as they decide to go out tomorrow after he leaves. Her friends are like, girl, you need a makeover? And I love a good makeover as much as the next person. As they remind her of the leather suit they bought for her birthday, but she reminds her friends that he only asked her for coffee and that she will never, ever, ever wear that leather suit. Because get it? She's gonna wear it? <laughs> so the workday gets sped up and we watch as like, like, it's like fast forward and we see everyone leaving and working and going home, you know? But Patience is like still just like sitting there at the end of the day and we see her make a phone call asking for when like a messenger will be there to pick up the finished art uh, that she did for George but it turns out nobody's coming and she'll have to do it herself if she wants to meet the deadline and it's like 11.47 yeah and I'm like dude you're done yeah like, literally I just don't understand why she didn't just leave it on his desk there like why yeah. did she have cause she goes to the factory to drop it off and I don't understand why she does that and we see patients go to the building or whatever only to find that it's locked but she's able to find a propped open door which I guess I thought this is supposed to be super secret why'd you pop open the door and so we see Laurel and George in there uh, with their cream scientists uh, well, it's not George it's just Laurel oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry oh yeah. my bad no, you're good. I was about to say I'm like I don't remember George there uh, Laurel Laurel is there Yanny Yanny is there with her cream scientist as he tells her that oh uh 
And he tells him, like, oh, you know, with time, the cream will start to, like, disfigure a customer, you know? Mm-hmm. And Laurel's like, all right, as long as we're making money, though, right? Mm-hmm. And so we learned that the cream, like, causes dizziness, nausea, nausea, and headaches. And the FDA, like, did not approve it or whatever. And so people, like, literally... Fa- and which, by the way, and that, like, alludes to uh, Lois Griffin. Because mm-hmm. she was, like, having issues with it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, but also pink sauce, like, made gels, you know? So, like, I wouldn't put this past, like, real life. I know. I know. Dude, I remember she was doing, like, a TikTok or an Instagram Live or whatever. And they're like, is this, like, FDA approved? And she's like, FDA? What's the FDA? My queen. Literally. My brother in CMOS. And so my brother in Seamus. So back so back to patients or whatever. We see her like sneaking through the factory, calling like hello. Mm-hmm. Even though obviously no one's there other than Laurel and mm-hmm. the scientist. We cut back to Laurel and them and he he basically says he basically says long term use will cause facial scarring and we could lose a lot of money if the customers find out. And Laurel says this won't happen as long as the customer keeps using it though. And the scientist is like he's like, I'm not sure that's really a solution, mm-hmm. you know. Because I guess if you stop, your body's like, Ugh, and, like, you scar your face. It's scary. Very. And so back with patients, she, like, makes her way to where the scientists and Laurel are, and she overhears, like, their conversation. And she can see, like, on the screen of, like, mm. that facial scarring they were talking mm. about. She's like, oh, my gosh. And she, like, is, like, backing up. She bumps into, like, some glass that falls and smashes. Mm-hmm. And a scientist is just like, who's there? And uh, patients just runs away. Would No. I would have been like, oh, hey, I'm here to drop this off. And they would have been like, oh, okay. And I would have been like, okay, cool, bye. What'd you see? What? Nothing. I wouldn't have even correlated that that was, like, even, like, a thing. And even if it were, I'd be like, okay, well, you can just buy me out, you know? Like, instead of, like, murdering her. Literally. I, I don't understand why that was such a big fucking deal. And so... The scientist, like, calls for security to basically, like, chase patients down, and she hides in the storage, like, room, and one of the guards is like, hey, everything's fine, just want to ask you a few questions, and as she starts to come out, this other guard just, like, starts fucking shooting at her. I know! And then the guard, the guard uh, is like, well, why'd you do that? And then the guard who shot at her is like, don't ask questions, or whatever, or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And so, like... Also, killing someone over face cream is wild. It's so wild. And so Patience is able to, like, run away, and we get into this cat and mouse game, get it, uh, with, like, shaky cam chase scene, and mm-hmm. we see Patience run through, like, this waste, like, disposal thing, mm-hmm. and, and she enters a pipe, and uh, they tell Laurel, and the security guards tell Laurel, and Laurel's like, oh, get rid of her. She knows too much. And so the security guard, like, uh, flushes the pipe out mm-hmm. or whatever with, like, waste to, like, blow her out and kill her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we see patients get, like, knocked into, like, the the bay or whatever mm-hmm. as, uh, and she just, like, goes in the water and she, like, drowns or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we see patients basically drown as the cats from earlier call out to all his cat buddies. Cat buddies. Also, they couldn't get a real cat to meow. So we then see patients' body, like, her body lands on, like, this trash heap like dirt thing like a little island yeah and like the cats are there right yeah and they like surround her and at first another cat in, uh, reference but like that she's ruining their jellicle ball you're not gonna get that but you will I'll get it <laughs> so that same cat from earlier dramatically makes its way towards patient's body as we get like different reaction shots from cats our main cat gets all up in Patience's face and breathes back life into her as we see her eyes do the cat thing when they go outside. Okay. Little slits. Oh my god. 
Patience wakes up alone, but her senses are, like, super heightened. They watch her chase a spider as she walks, like, she she walks to see the view of the city. Um, so Patience makes her way home, and we watch her bad CGI jump into our apartment building. We see her look at herself in reflection of the window, and it looks like she's got a little cat burglar mask on. I just knew the director was hyped as hell when he saw that. He's like, whoa. This movie has the same vibe as when Gotham, where Selena's like, I go by cat. That's the same vibe. Meow. Why did she say that? Meow. Why did she say that? I go by cat. I don't know. She's on one, bro. Because, like, I'd have been like, wow, I wonder if the girl who, like, goes by cat and wears, like, cat ears all the time, I wonder if she's Catwoman. I wonder if she's catty. <laughs> I thought that shit was so fucking stupid. Uh, I don't understand how you could have watched that whole show, bro. It's very much like... Okay. <laughs> were the kids annoying the entire time? I feel like they were annoying the entire time. I mean... Uh, like Bruce Wayne being annoying? I mean, it was like... It was fine. It was fine at first. It was just like the plot... You could tell when the writers mm-hmm. were, like, b- backing themselves into a corner or whatever. Because, like, any time anytime they needed to advance the plot forward, they were like, okay, we need someone to either shoot Alfred or Jim Gordon. Every time. Sorry, guys, we're doing our laundry. I know. So, every time they needed to move the plot forward, they were like, okay... Either Jim Gordon or Alfred needs to get shot or stabbed. <laughs> and I would I'd be fine with it if it only happened to like each of them once, but Jim gets shot or, or stabbed like three times and Alfred gets shot or stabbed like twice. Oh my god. And I'm just like excuse me. And what's worse is that the guy who played mm-hmm. fucking Jim mm-hmm. Gordon mm-hmm. was like one of the like head like producers or the writers of the show. He's like, maybe I should get shot again, guys. Shoot me. <laughs> well, we already spent all this money on fake ballistics, so. <laughs> anyway, no, but, like, for real, like, he gets shot, like, a fuck ton, mm. or whatever, and, like, like, season one, the whole thing is just, like, setting up the show, like, you see Penguin, mm. like, uh, be, get exiled from Gotham, mm. you see Jim, like, new on the force, and he's, like, mm. you're like, oh, this is all super corrupt, Wayne obviously lost his parents. I think the guy who plays the Riddler is really hot. Thank you so much. Congratulations. I thought, mm. Mm. You have Riddler. He's still working for the police at this point. He's, like, in their uh, investigation department or whatever. And so, like, but, like, yeah, but then, like, I don't know. The show, that show's goofy, bro. It was fun to watch. I watched all of Gotham. I know you did. But, like, it just went that off the fucking... That show was goofy. It went off the fucking rails. For me, it was just when that one girl died that um, the Riddler was seeing, and then she, like, lost her memory and is like, I'm back. And then she put on a wig for him, and I was like... It wasn't even like that. It was like... You make fun of me for watching, like, shit like Glee, but then you watch shit like that, you're l- highly entertained. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> it wasn't that she came back. She did die. He killed her. This is just another girl who looked just like her. And it she's like, I can be that girl for you. Kills her. <laughs> Straight up. The fuck? What would I do? What would you do if I told you? I'm like, yeah, so, like, in the past, I dated some girl, and she looked exactly like you. I'd be so... And the only reason I pursued you was because you looked like her. I would be a little creeped out. You A little creeped out? Yeah, I'd be scared. I'd be like... 
my my initial thought wouldn't be to let me put on a wig and like pretend to be yeah her. literally that oh wouldn't my be God. my because didn't he like get all excited and then kill her would she <laughs> real she knew her audience <laughs> that show is goofy uh, I don't understand how you even watched it it was good it just has the same energy as like Arrow bro I they're both DC so I tried to watch Arrow and I was like this is dumb Yes. Whoa. I go by cat. That shit pissed me off, bro. So we see patients. I think, I, by the way, in Gotham, I think her name was like Katarina or something like that. I thought her name was Selena. I thought she was Selena Kyle. Well, I mean. But she's like, I go oh, by yeah, cat. Oh, yeah, her name. Well, yeah, so I don't get what that She's was. like, I go by cat. And I've been to the like. Meow. No, for real. Does she purr in, in that universe? No. Does she, does she like tuna? No. No. She's just like, I steal things, and I like Bruce Wayne. Who later becomes Batman. Dude, that fucking, like, shot of him as Batman at the very end of the show was so fucking, like... Coiny. <laughs> I'm gonna pull up, like, a screenshot of it. You, you go ahead. Okay. So, we see Patience break into her own apartment as the cat who saved her just watches her do this. And then by... And I'm sorry if this seems very choppy and, like, we're just skipping into the next thing, but that's exactly how this movie goes. Like, this is literally, like, shot for shot how this thing goes. Like, so, literally the next morning, we see patients have fallen asleep on a high beam that she has, like, she uses for storage. When her coworker like, calls her, leaving a message, wondering how her presentation went. How'd it go? Girl, I got fired. Like, <laughs> for real. They shot at me. <laughs> and basically... She's basically calling to be like, oh, did you make it to your date? You know, like, call me back. And, like, Patience notices she's, like, she slept on a high place and that her window was broken. And she's like, what the fuck happened? Because she can't remember. What the fuck happened? And then we cut to Tom as he leaves a message for her as well. Like, how did he get her number? Because she did not leave him her number. It don't make no sense. No, for real. So he's calling her, he's like, hey, uh, you know, I waited for you, but, like, I have to go back to work, so, you know, I guess this is goodbye. And, like, we see patients, like, hear all this through her, like, answering machine, as the cat from earlier just kind of stares at her from her countertop. Real. Patients then notices the cat, and she picks it up, and she tells it it's time for them to go home, as they check the caller to find a paper address for Ophelia Powers, who lives on Elm Street. So, this cat caller does not have, like, a regular, like collar thing you know how yeah. it has like she finds a piece of paper and it looks like she took it from underneath like like it was uh, tucked under the yeah, collar like how would you know that was there i know because my first instinct was like because it has like little like bulbs i guess around its collar like maybe she unlocked something to find it but then again how would she have known that but anyway it's weird it's really weird and i hated every second of it so we cut to patients going to Ophelia's house, which is right in the middle of the city. It is a house in the middle of the goddamn. Think city. like at the beginning of Up when they're trying that's to take us out. Literally that's, how, that's literally what I thought. That's literally what our house is, and it's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's between skyscrapers. Literally. <laughs> and I'm ninety percent sure that Ophelia is the same lady from American Horror Story. Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Anyway, Patience is like, hey, I found your cat. And Ophelia's like, oh my gosh, Midnight never brings strangers home. Just, you know, referring to the cat. Cat's name is Midnight. And she, like, invites Patience into her home. So we see that Ophelia is like an old cat lady as a bunch of cats just kind of surround Patience and, like, take a liking to her, obviously. 
So next we cut to Patience sitting with Ophelia like on our couch. Ophelia explains to her that Midnight is a rare Egyptian breed, a temple cat with special powers. And I thought to myself, why can't Catwoman just be like a regular jewel thief? Like why? Literally. Like why? Why can't you be normal? (sighs) Ophelia points out that Patience looks a little worse for wear and that her cat seems to really like her. Patience explains that she's just having a bad day and she can't seem to remember what happened to her yesterday. So Ophelia offers to help to get her memory back. Patience gets weirded out by Ophelia and tries to leave, saying she's late. And Ophelia's like, oh, you should definitely let me help you. As she like throws a ball of catnip at Patience, who catches it in midair and then starts sniffing the hell out of it. And Ophelia's like, oh, this is like catnip. This is this was for the cats. It's like straight up catnip. <laughs> But it's okay. I mean, like, I'm like that, too. I love the smell of, like, loud and, like, cleaning supplies. So I understand. You love the smell of loud and cleaning supplies. You're telling me if you don't smell that shit, you're not like... Weed? Yes. No. <laughs> Dude, I hate the smell of weed. Why? Weed, why can't weed have a good smell? It's very distinct, I would say. It's distinct because it reminds you of skunks. <laughs> Dude. It reminds me of having a good time is what it reminds me of. I just wish it didn't cling on to everything. That's the only thing I wish... That's like, I don't want to smell like that all day. Oh, so now it's a bad smell. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, when you get a fresh pack, and you're just like... Ah. No, I don't do that. I do that with my cigarettes, maybe, but, like... Oh, my God, Christian. So, we see Patience is, like, really struggling with the fact me. that she has changed. It's not herself, as she stops in the middle of the sidewalk that she was walking on to tell herself loudly that she is fine. By herself. Talking to herself. In the middle of the street, busy street, this woman has won an Oscar. I have tapped out of this movie so many times, and that was one of them. Literally. So, next we see Patience getting chewed out by George since she failed to deliver the new design. We see Patience isn't really looking at this man, and she's just drawing as he continues to scream at her in her cubicle. And honestly, if you, as a boss, scream at one of your employers in front of other employees... Like, I don't, I don't think you're as big as you think you are. Because, like, that's so unprofessional. Yeah. Like, why do you feel the need to, like, want to disrespect them and then, like, like, what, like, why? Like, it's obviously, like, a power thing. Yeah. And I hate that. No, it's very, like, yeah. Like, it, I don't know, it's, I, I hate, I hate, also, I just hate in general when people, like, feel the need to, like, try to embarrass you. I know. To, like, prove a point. And I I'm know. just like, this is just screaming insecurity on your mm. part, dude. But George is a very insecure man, so there's not. Literally. So, he asks her if she's even listening to him, and she truthfully tells him no. And he looks at the picture she was drawing, and it's him with double horns. And as he walks away angry, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And he tells her that sorry's not good enough, and she's like, okay that let me try the remix which is a real quote from the movie by the way mm-hmm. she tells him that she is sorry for every second wasted working for an untalented unethical egomaniac like him and everyone's like <gasps> like all around them and George is like you're fired and after realizing what she tr- like said she tries to get his attention again but like she's like I didn't mean it I didn't mean it or did I and her co-workers all clap for her. Like, yeah, girl, you told him and off. E- and everyone clapped. No, for real. And I'm like, this girl just got fired. And They're ev- like, oh my goodness, good job, patience. Woo. And everyone clapped. You lost your job. And Christian said that the only reason why they're clapping is because they want her desk. Literally. <laughs> she had a good desk. 
So next we see Patience and Lois walking out of the building as she tries to explain to Lois what came over her to say all those things. And as they continue to walk, Patience runs into a couple of dogs and she hisses at them. She hisses at these pair of dogs. Granted, they were barking at her, but her first reaction is to hiss at them. And then she's like looking at this like necklace like in the the shop window like right after or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh... God, what was it? Uh, she's looking at this necklace, right? And then Lois is like, uh, girl, you just got fired. No big purchases for you. And so, but, like, as patients, like, continue to look, we see, like, Lois, like, start to faint. She passes out, like, on the sidewalk. And we cut to, like, Lois getting, like, a- into the hospital, you know? And she informs us that, like, oh, you know, the doctor doesn't even know uh, why I passed out, you know? But it's also, like, very unran for this movie because we were kind of expecting for the doctor to be like, oh, yeah, your friend died. No, for real. That's what I was expecting for that to happen. And so Lois, like, asked Patience about, like, uh, the very hot detective Tom, you know? And Patience always is like, oh, you know, it's just not going to work out between the two of us. Lois is like, oh, you know, stop acting like a spinster and just go for it. Give him some cinnamon sugar. I'm like, is that, like... Yeah. Is that a race thing? Yes. <laughs> what you mean by that? So, next we cut to Tom talking to, like, kids in school about, like, doing the right thing. You know, because he's such a great guy. It reminds me of Scott's Tots. Is what the vibe Scott's Tots from The Office. Yeah. Oh, my God. You said that when we were watching. <laughs> I just re- now realize what you meant. So, as the kids started uh, asking, like, oh, uh, can we see your gun? Like, uh, have you ever shot someone? Yeah, he's, no, he's, like, he's like, can I see your gun? And he's like, no. And the other kid's like can we see you shoot it? He's like, no. <laughs> uh, which I will say very relatable because I think anytime us kids had like a cop show up to school, there was always one kid who's like, can we see your gun? Literally, there was always <laughs> one fucking kid. It's like, oh, don't, don't let that homie get too close, bro. <laughs> don't let him be a cop, bro. <laughs> anyway, and so Patience somehow just knew he was going to be at the school and is just standing in the doorway waiting for him to be done. And Tom finishes up and tells the kids, so like, oh, you know, all right, everyone, be good guys. Let's go uh, shoot some hoops, you know, instead of each other. And so the way they stare at each other for, like, an aggressively long time, though, like, in front of the kids, they're just, like, longing for each other in a in a fourth-grade classroom, yeah. you know. And so the kids make their way outside, and Patience is, like, explaining, like, oh, you know, I found you because, like, I called your job. And, like, why would, you, why would his job tell you that? No, for real. What if he was, like, on a crime scene? And so she brings, like, a cup of coffee to him, and she, like, painted it or whatever to, like, make him feel better because she dipped out on their last coffee date because she was asleep. And so, and so I just want to say, the shot is really bad. No, for real. It made you angry. It did. Why? Because, like, okay, so she's holding the cup. Obviously, it wants us to pay attention to what the cup says. It says sorry, and it's painted all over it. But the way it's shot is she looks down. She It's like she's holding the cup to the camera, yeah. and her face is out of focus, but we can see her doing this. Look, Christian. It's giving Evan Hansen the movie. It's giving fucking... Do you know what I mean? Like, how uncomfortable you are staring at Evan Hansen. That's the same ick I feel with that scene. I'm running outside, I was looking in with I... And I can't tell if I hate the chemistry between these two or it's just the way director is the directing. Like, I have no... I have the no director idea. is directing I right just now. have no idea who to blame, why I, I'm not enjoying myself. The director is Like, directing. it is so painful to watch. And I don't mean to shit on this movie. Like, yes, I really try. No, but I really try to find the good in this movie because I'm just like... But it's so extremely bad. Like, I have never been, like... It's like, bad. I got through Moonfall, okay? I got through Moonfall. It's bad. It is so bad. But anyway, we cut outside of them playing basketball. Basketball. 
Let's go play some basketball. Let's play some basketball. <laughs> what were we talking about? We're talking like about this Fergie. past, no, past week, we mentioned Fergie. Probably Team America. Oh yeah, because it's like we need to make uh, that the national anthem. I was like, yeah, I'd have Fergie sing it. Yeah. The, oh no, because it was like oh, I was like oh yeah, I think on our, one of our past episodes, I was like oh yeah, we're at the Super Bowl, and they're like and now the new national anthem presented performed by the, for the first time ever by Fergie or whatever. It was Let's like, play some basketball. Ma'am, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and so we cut to them like outside on the basketball court with the kids, and patiently like, joking is like oh you know it's just like a a lot to, for one person to handle talking about all the kids you know, mm-hmm. and Tom's like you know. Uh, uh, I prefer to work alone. And so Patience is like, oh, you know, I'm the same way, but, like, my coworkers tell me that I don't know how to have fun. And Tom's like, I don't believe that. You know, trying to encourage her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I see the real you. Oh, my God. And so one of the kids, is like, challenges Patience and Tom to, like, one-on-one basketball. I'm like, how do one of the kids challenge you two to one-on-one? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not playing, you yeah. know? But whatever. And so she gets past the ball, and she's, like, showing off her, like, cat-like reflexes. And the kid's like, whoa! It looks so bad, by the way. <laughs> it looks like the way... I'm not going to say that. No, go for it. No. Nah. I'll cut it. So, you'll, you'll cut it? Yeah. Okay. So, like, I don't mean to be rude, but, like... If you hand a girl a basketball, mm-hmm. and, like, and she's not, she's not, she doesn't like play the sport usually or whatever. Like, like just someone who doesn't play basketball, you hand, you hand a girl a basketball and tell them to dribble it. They all look exactly like that. Like the, like the, like fingers, like fingers straight out, not like this. Like they're just like, <laughs> they all look like I, I can hand a basketball to Emma. I swear to God, she. Why? Why is that bad? It's not. It's just funny. I'm like, that's relatable. I see that because I saw Emma like doing that she once. Said, she said. I'm just like, dude, that's how Emma dribbles the basketball, bro. She said, Oop. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyways. Tom is also, like, super impressed by this, and they both take their jackets off to start but, playing. Oh, it's on. Like, I know this whole sequence is to establish that they are attracted to each other, but the chemistry seems so forced. And why does this have to be in front of kids? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so sexual, and you're just like, uh, there are children present. These are under 18-year-olds. Yeah. So Patience is able to make a shot, but lands, like, right on top of Tom in a very scandalous position. Still in front of the kids, by the way. Still in front of the kids. One of the kids is like, uh, can I have my ball back? Literally. And I'm like... If my kid ever came home to tell me that shit... Suing. (laughs) So we then cut to Laurel in her office going over pictures of Gina as she gets informed that her husband is going to be late again. And Laura's like, oh, he is definitely with the underage Drina. Literally. We then watch as Laurel sees Drina get into a limo with George as she smashes the glass she had in her hand with anger, but she didn't cut herself. We then cut to Patience literally devouring, like, canned tuna. Like, she has a bunch on her bed. It's like the bumblebee kind. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And she gets a call from Louis as she's like... Asking how things are with her new cop friend. And Lois is still in the hospital, by the way. Mm. She's still under observation. And Patience gives her all the deets, which makes Lois super excited. And as the two talk, we watch as Patience can't sit still and is kind of gracefully, like, walks all over her cat, like, her furniture. Because, like, you know, she's a cat now. Yeah. And this is really something, because I know they're going for the, oh, when Spider-Man crawled up the walls. But, like, 
a spider like he, it's not like Peter Parker was eating bugs or anything you know mm-hmm. what I mean no I get you and I'm just like I, I feel like they don't have to continuously show us that she's a cat no, no like, I get like, like we get that she's Catwoman mm-hmm. like we understand that I just don't understand why and it just happens throughout the entire movie no I get it and it, I don't understand like get it she's Catwoman like the movie has to remind us because I don't think the movie itself believes that this is Catwoman no literally no, it's very annoying. And so, like... I don't know. I, I, I just don't get it. But, like, we get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they just keep, like, showing us that she's Catwoman. Like, yo, no, we got it the first time when she got the cat powers, you know? But it makes me think, like, okay, so... If she's gonna act like a cat, does she not take showers? Does she shit in the litter box? She smells rancid, bro. I'm just, like... Somebody please tell me. Tell me what's going on. Literally. And so Patience, like, confides in Lois and tells her, he's like, you know, I feel different. I feel like I can't be myself around Tom and I'm scared the next time I see him that I'll freak out. And Lois is like, oh, you know, just be confident. Like, that's the problem. (laughs) Literally. You know, and uh, just be yourself. That's also the problem. Because that's the part of her that he likes in the first place. And so when they cut to, like, that night as Patience is, like, trying to sleep, her neighbors are having a really loud party again. And so she screams at them from the balcony to knock it off. And they just laugh at her to tell her to get a life. And, uh, yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to take advice from some dude who just, like, parties turned for someone to get a life. Like, mm-hmm. But he's like, get a life, you loser. You loser. You loser. Oh, what's up the middle school insults, no, too? Real, bro. And so we see, like, Midnight, like, the cat, like, mm-hmm. meow at her, which basically, which basically in this movie, I guess, just means, like, you know, go beat their ass, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, go, you go, girl. You go, girl. And so we see uh, patients walk over to the apartment, and the same guy, who, he was by the window, so how did he hear the door knock and walk all the way over there? Maybe he was while she was walking across because this is across her apartment whatever and she's an apartment complex how is she the only one complaining about this literally I don't get it anyway and so she goes over there and the guy opens the door and she tells him like hey maybe just one time can you turn the music down and and he slams a door in her face Mm -hmm. and so Patience like knocks down the door somehow and is then like jumps on the table and is like I will turn the music down myself. It uses, like, uh, the the spray from the uh, beer keg or whatever, mm-hmm. or the sprayer from the beer keg. And he, like, just... She sprays it all over the uh, speakers, and mm-hmm. they short out and stop working. And the guy's like, yo, what, what's that for? And she just, like, sprays him in the face. And by the way, that's considered assault, mm-hmm. dog. Yeah, don't do that. Don't go to other you... people's... Don't break and enter into someone's house. Don't destro- vandalize. Don't destroy your property. And don't assault people. But when you go to a bar and you so happen to see that little spray thing... Don't use that because, or spray somebody in the face because that's considered assault and you will get arrested. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that. Yeah, bartenders get in trouble for that all the time. And so the group this party that like, tries to stop her, but she uses the hose as like a whip to get it, Catwoman, mm-hmm. to stop them from getting closer or whatever. And she, she like jumps on top of the main guy and is like, keep it down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And back in Patience's apartment or whatever, she like goes in her closet and picks up that leather outfit that we saw from earlier mm-hmm. and she gives herself like a haircut with like two pairs of scissors like yeah. at the same time like chop, chop 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 like okay go off Edward scissor hands because you know having new cat powers also gives you the powers of a hairstylist of the cat because she cuts her hair she dyes her hair like she gives herself like highlights and then she puts makeup on literally and she's all like ooh so she goes outside and she gets uh, she sees a motorcycle and she says and I quote time to accessorize as some disembodied voice is like hey my bike you can't take my bike my bike my leg type energy my leg <laughs> so we see the homegirl ride around dangerously on this new bike but she has a helmet on for safety 
and she stops when she sees the necklace in the window that she saw earlier when she notices that people are robbing inside which makes her smile Mm -hmm. we then cut to inside where the robbers are just like breaking stuff they're not really taking anything they're just kind of like smashing the glass and patience takes a mask without them knowing she gets their attention from the second floor and i guess the jewelry store has like 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 i don't know what i was trying to say but like I guess the jewelry store doesn't have any, like, alarms or anything. Yeah. But, like, she kind of, like, sits on the balcony and she calls them, like, oh, amateurs, first time stealing. And she's like, oh, you thought you could steal all this stuff, like, pretty stuff. And she's like, oh, what a perfect... What a perfect idea. Literally. Like a cat. Cat purring, you get it? Mm-hmm. The cat's purr. No, I get it. I get it. So they cock their guns at her, and she just and they just start shooting at her. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah. So when the smoke clears, she's just gone, and then she's able to like sneak attack on blow them. One guy that was in the back starts shooting at her as we see her like crawling up against the walls in like a really bad CGI as she, like she's avoiding the bullets. We see her like kick all these guys, and then she uses one of them as a legit surfboard to glide glide her to the other side of the room. While the guy continues to slide, he hits his head up against the wall. And then she jumps all the way to the other side of the room to this other guy. And then she tells him meow and then kicks him in the face. Meow. Mm-mm. We then see Patience help herself to all the free jewelry, but puts the mask back. And, like, this transition where, like, all the broken glass, it, like, it zooms in and then it kind of, like, shows us all the jewelry that's on Patience's bed. I thought that was really cool. I don't yeah. lie. So that morning, we see Patience has woken up and is shocked to see all the jewelry on her bed and quickly goes to pack it up in a brown paper bag, but stops when she sees a ring that she likes, and it's the ugliest fucking ring I've ever seen. It doesn't even fit her. Mm-hmm. It's very ugly. But she tries it on in an admiration, but then stops herself and puts it in the bag. We see her stop again when she realizes she has a necklace that she saw in the window. We then see her take the bag, but leave the necklace on her bed. Okay, so... I'm starting to think that there is a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing going on with her character. Definitely. And I didn't really catch that, and I was very confused, especially towards the end, because I thought maybe she was just trying to keep those two, like, separate. Uh-huh. You know? That's what I thought was going. And then I'm like, okay, well, if you don't remember, like, stealing these things, then, like, I don't know. What do you think? No, it's very much like like that. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> so next we cut to Tom in the jewelry store as the jeweler tells him that the same necklace that Patience has now is one of a kind and it's from Egypt. Egypt. We then see the brown bag was left behind, so Patience somehow was able to sneak into the crime scene, drop the bag off, and sneak out again. But the brown bag says sorry, and she drops off the cupcakes as well. Like, there's cupcakes as well. To just literally say I'm sorry. So she obviously walked into the bakery with the brown bag. And anyone who served her would ID her and connect her with the brown bag. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why she did that. And I thought that was really dumb. No, yeah. So we then cut to patients searching cats and women on the interweb. And at first she finds random cat ladies. But then she deep dives into the history of why cats are so sacred um, of Egyptian culture. And we basically see the same credit pictures that we saw in the beginning. We then keep seeing in each picture from centuries ago that cat's that cat that looks a little too familiar as patient calls out that it's none other than midnight. 
It's midnight. We then cut to Patience going into Ophelia's house, who shows her the goddess Bast, and that the cats are her messengers, and she wrote this book since she was a professor for 20 years until she was denied tenure due to male academia. How dare they? Literally. Ophelia exclaims, explains that Bast is the goddess of the sun and moon and represents the duality in all women, docile yet aggressive, nurturing yet ferocious. Patience asks why any of this has to do with her and that she still can't remember what happened to her the other day, and Ophelia tells her that she died. When Patience scoffs at, scoffs at her, Ophelia explains that Patience has been reborn and that Midnight knew her fate and tested her and that's why she saw Midnight everywhere she went. Mm-hmm. That Midnight was checking to see if Patience was worthy of the gifts she was to bestow upon her. We see Patience slowly back up from Ophelia as she slowly starts to remember everything as Ophelia pushes her off like a balcony only to find that Patience can land on her feet. Ophelia further explained that she hasn't been the only one either as she throws papers at Patience's feet to show the women that all all come before her, including Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. And that's like the only like reference we get literally like that's it that's it so ophelia tells her that cowwomen are not bound by the rules of society but follow their own desires this can be both a blessing and a curse as she will often feel alone and misunderstood but will experience a freedom other women will never know ophelia tells patience that she is a catwoman and that every sight and smell is now heightened she now has a fierce independence total confidence and inhumane reflexes like they treat it like it's a secret society no for real of cats and i'm just like that's not how this works patience asks if she is even patience anymore and ophelia tells her that she is patience but she's also a cat woman ophelia then hands her a cat mask and tells her to accept this fate because all her life she's been kept in a cage by accepting who she is and all of who she is she can be free and with freedom is power like i completely understand the whole like oh society keeps women in cages and uh, this way like patience is expressing herself like uh expressing her sexuality and and she's being free and nobody ever gave her like the autonomy to do this and now she does yeah i completely understand but i just feel like it's played out in a way that's not really it's very male gaze of it like this is obviously from a male's perspective on yeah. trying to take on these points no yeah do you, you know what i mean i get it we then cut to that night as we see patients have her spider-man moment you know and she just sits on top of her uh, on top of a roof she hates when i say uh, roof the correct way mm. with the cat mask con- contemplating all this new information that she learned 15 minutes ago uh and so as midnight joins her she thanks the cat for saving her life but now her new goal is to find out who killed her in the first place and so, in order for Midnight to activate these powers, does a person have to die? That's what I'm saying. Can she just give someone did, a cat? Did, did, did think, Michelle Pfeiffer die? I don't, I don't know. Who's I've to never say? seen that. Who's to say? Well, I think they said that she fell out of a building, right? Good for her. And so, next we see patients walking on the roof. Yeah, I bet they would fall off buildings if they're just walking on roofs all the time. It's dangerous. I'm just saying. I'm talking about Michelle Pfeiffer's I was character. Kidding. I was kidding. Yes. But I mean, like, I guess that's the same thing as being dropped into a vat of, like, toxic waste. Like, yeah, looking at you, Joker. No problem. And so, next we see patients walking on the roof fully embracing her Catwoman fursona and uh, the very iconic Catwoman outfit as she leaps from building to building. So, Sahara, Mm -hmm. you wrote something here in the notes. You want to talk about that? Okay, so my mom, she had had the doll version of this Catwoman in that exact outfit, and I wasn't allowed to play with it, but I would just go in her closet, because that's where she kept all her Barbies, and I would just stare at it all. So I was like, 
You're pretty. No, for real. Free me. (laughs) So, same energy as uh, in Spider-Man, like, 3, when, like, the Green Goblin mask is calling to Harry uh, Osborn or whatever. It's like... Or he's calling to... uh, He's just calling to Norman Osborn, actually, in the first movie. Like, come on, Norman. You know? Do you you remember that? Like, the mask was, like, speaking to him. I remember he was talking to himself in the mirror. I remember that. Yeah, like like straight up, the mask was like speaking to him, anyway. And so was that actually the mask? I was that just it was his imagination, but like the mask was speaking to him. So anyway, so we see uh, uh, Catwoman make it to the dock or whatever. I'm assuming because of like the crates that are there, you know. Uh, like she snuck in somehow, and we see a limo pull up, not suspicious at all. And in that limo is Laurel, and she's asking her security guard if the scientist guy has dealt with uh. uh if he's been dealt with, you know, and he tells her like, "Oh, it's done." And so, as Catwoman like sees uh, this, the limo drives away, and she recognizes that that the security guard is the same one who shot her earlier in the movie, you know, or shot at her. Mm-hmm. And we see her like slowly stalk him as he makes his way to a club, which that's where you go, like right after work, you just go to a club. I mean, hey, you balling. I mean, he does get off work at like twelve at night, so uh, he makes his way to a club and pays for a drink at the bar, and she like follows him and like goes to the bar. Is like, oh, let me get it. she. I can't remember what the drink she ordered was, but basically one of the main ingredients is, like, cream mm-hmm. or whatever. And she's like, oh, hold the alcohol. I think she orders, like, a white Russian or something. Yeah, white Russian. She's like, hold the vodka, hold whatever else comes in that. And she's like, whatever. And the bartender's like, one cup of cream. And she's just like... And he's not weirded out by that. He's like, I got you, bro. He's I like, you, I got you. And, and but, oh, whatever. And she just drinks it. She has, like, a milk mustache or whatever. Which I thought that scene was funny. Do you remember those uh, advertisements? Got milk. Got milk. They were do in our cafeteria. Do you know what that is, by the way? No. So, we don't really need milk that much. I mean, we drink it because we like it or it tastes good and it is healthy, you know. But, like, we probably don't need milk, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every, but every, everyone, when they go to the grocery store, they always buy milk. Mm-hmm. And it's because they kind of just been ingrained to think that they need milk all the time, you know. Like, water will suffice, dude. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But the U.S. government knows this. But this isn't a conspiracy. This is, like, a real thing. But they know that if people just stop buying milk or whatever, they would, like, get all dairy farmers would just go out of business and no one would ever buy milk because it wouldn't be profitable to even, like, milk cows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so dairy farmers, like, teamed up with the government and, and the Food and Drug Administration for the Got Milk campaign mm-hmm. to, like, encourage people to, like, drink more milk because they're like, oh, because if people only buy milk whenever they're, like, craving it or whatever, it'll people won't buy milk ever in the long I mean like we use milk like in cooking yeah but like if you only bought milk when you needed cooking well again cereal because you've been ingrained to think like you need milk all the time and cereal only got popular because of how popular milk was hmm like cereal wasn't a thing until like the 20th century you can thank Kellogg who made cornflakes to get rid of the gays by the way what the fuck? He thought corn. He thought his invention cornflakes could prevent masturbation and homophobic thoughts and actions. If anything, I think it encourages masturbation. <laughs> Me when I eat cornflakes. Mm. Want to put my dick in that? <laughs> eating corn. <laughs> eating cornflakes to pray the gay away. Oh my god! Oh my so god. after her drink, she goes looking for this guy, and we kind of get like this dance strobe like sequence. I'm gonna look up what's in a white Russian. Oh my god! Um, and this does have like uh, vodka, coffee liqueur, and cream. God, served with ice. What's it called? Wait, when... did she say hold the ice? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, she so, did so, say hold Because I was wondering, ice. like, did she just order a cup of cream with ice in it? But no, mm-hmm. she said hold the ice. So, yeah, yeah it's vodka, coffee, liqueur, cream, and it's served with ice. But anyway, she dances to get the uh, uh, security guard's attention. She even brings the whip She's out. like... And she gets all up in his... Thug's nasty. Yeah. Honestly, it looks like a cold brew. It base It's basically an alcoholic cold brew. Oh, okay. I like cold brew. You should get a white Russian next time you go out after... I'm out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> get out of jail free card. Um, so anyway, she gets in his face, and they look like they're about to, like, get into it in, like, a way. But no, we cut to her, like, pushing him out into the alley, and they're, like, fighting. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, um, Mortal Kombat, like, fight, you know? Fight, 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 fight. Um, he tries to shoot her, but she takes his gun away with her whip, and she's able to get the upper hand and ask about the night that she died. And he tells her that he doesn't know why and that he was only told to flush out the pipes that she was in, so he did. He tells her that they were after her because they thought she overheard something about beauty cream she wasn't supposed to. Catwoman then pieces together that her old job tried to kill her and is now covering it up. We then cut to Catwoman back at the factory that started it all as she makes her way inside and sees the dead scientist guy. And then some random the janitor. Dead guy. Yeah. Some, I mean, his name is Slovicki, but like, I mean, does it really matter? Who cares? <laughs> so some random janitor comes in and sees the dead scientist with Catwoman standing over him mm-hmm. and rings the alarm. And I thought two things. One, what happened to your cat-like sight and senses? Literally. To not hear this guy. And two, if I was this guy and I saw this shit, I would have backed away. Literally. Like, why is this first like, thing I'm to make, like... Away. No, literally. So he sets the alarms and Catwoman runs out of there before the cops are called. And then we cut to patients, like, visiting Lois in the hospital. I don't understand why she's still there. Since they said that they couldn't find anything wrong with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless she's still passing out. But they don't tell us. Real. Anyway, they talk about how good her hair is and her new makeover and how it's, like, super awesome. They then catch the news that is reporting that a woman in a cat suit murdered their scientist. As George holds a press conference saying that the murder won't stop the creams from going on shelves because the woman in America deserve it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, no one would care. No, no one would care this much. Nobody needs to know. And Lois is like, oh, thank God, because I'm almost out of mine. As she pulls the cream from her bag that Patience brought her, by the way. Patience brought her this hospital bag. Which means she grabbed the cream and put it in there for her to have. And And also, she ordered cream earlier. Like, did you forget you had the cream, you know? What do you mean? At the bar. She ordered cream. I'm talking about the the toxic cream that she brought for her. Oh, I was very confused. It was in her hospital bag. I was very confused. That patients packed for her. Oh. She packed her. So, which means she brought the cream to her. Mm. And I'm just like, did you not put two and two together? No, I get you. I get you. Oh, my God. But anyway, patients is like, hey... Like, how long have you been having those headaches? And she's like, oh, about a month. And then she takes the cream away from her. She throws it away. She's like, hey, stop taking this because it's, like, it's really bad for you. Mm-hmm. So we then cut to Tom at the police station as his co-worker gives him evidence from the jewelry store robbery. Evidence. Evidence. From the jewelry store robbery of the infamous brown bag. He also gives him a file of the scientist's murder and tells him he should look into that. Tom then asks his co-worker that if his wife were to save a cat off a ledge... Would she? And he's like, haha, yeah, if the cat had pizza. And I'm like, are you calling, cat had pizza. Are you calling your wife fat? Literally. A fucking asshole. I know. 
So his co-worker walk, walks away and we see Tom has found a match of how the word sorry written on the bag has the same handwritten sorry as the one patients did mm-hmm. for Tom with the coffee cup. So we then see Tom like go to like this handwritten specialist that just so happens to be at the police station and he tells him that the first sorry was written by an insecure person and a people pleaser and i thought to myself you can you can get all that from like writing sorry literally like i feel like you need like a whole letter of like sentences like why'd you call her out like that (laughs) but with the second sorry they can tell that this person was angry and doesn't play by the rules and tom concludes that it's different people and the specialist confirms it confirms that they are before making a sex joke which i think is really gross Mm -hmm. he's like oh if you get these two girls together it'd be a fucking party and i'm like one how do you know they're both women and two why what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> so next we cut to tom and patience on another date at the fair as they play that like throw balls at a bottle game and tom's like hey you're not supposed to let me win and patience like oh i'm not that type of girl and he asks, what type of girl is that and she's like oh a loser and i'm like damn damn we then ask if she works for that beauty cream. Well, Tom asks her if she works for that beauty cream company. And then proceeds to ask her if anyone at the company would want to murder the scientists to get back at the company. And Patience tells him that it could be lots of people since George sucks. And she admits to Tom that George was the one who fired her. She asks if, if she is a suspect to him. And he tells her no, all flirtatiously. Mm-hmm. We then cut to the two riding this really janky Ferris wheel as it gets stuck. And he tells her it looks like they'll be up there for a while, and she asks him if he's in a hurry. And he goes in for a kiss, but then the Ferris wheel decides to break down even further. And, like, it's jerking all around. It's not fun anymore. And everybody's freaking out. But big heroic Tom climbs out of the buggy, which is at the top, by the way, mm-hmm. to climb down and help the guy fix the Ferris wheel. We then see a little boy who's riding by himself call out to his mom as we see Patience Catwoman senses that the boy's guard railing is about to give out. And I was like, this is why Christian doesn't want to ride Ferris wheels at the fair. Oh my God. (laughs) I'll ride the Ferris wheel. I won't ride the roller coasters at the fair. I don't trust that shit. Really? What about those swings? At least it'll be fast. So the boy literally flies out of his buggy and is hanging on for dear life. When then we see Patience catch him before he falls through her POV. We don't see her go to him. Okay? Literally. We just see it through her eyes that she's there and she catches him. We then see Tom get to the Ferris wheel's like system as the boy's buggy continues to fall apart as Patience hangs on while the boy hangs on to her. The Ferris wheel is able to stop breaking due to Tom, but Patience is able to save the boy and herself from falling as the crowd cheers below. Woo. this whole scene was just very much like a also you see her just like lunge to save some dude I'm like huh what huh excuse me so in the next scene we see Tom and Patience on the ground as he looks up at the Ferris wheel with intrigue Patience tells him that it's all over and that they can go and he admits to her that he doesn't know how she got there so fast but he's impressed she tells him that she just followed the same route he came down, and he suggests that they celebrate tonight, and he asks her out for dinner. Mm-hmm. She tells him that she can't tonight because of business, and she has to take care of. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So next we cut to uh, George and Laurel's mansion as we see Catwoman break in. While looking around, Laurel attacks her with a golf club. Laurel. Laurel's like, you're the person who killed my scientist, and asks what she's doing in her house. Catwoman tells her that she's looking for her husband, but Laurel tells her that since she's home, he won't be. So the two start fighting down the stairs, and Laurel is able to get Catwoman off of her as they circle around each other. 
Catwoman tells her she knows about the face cream and that it's a disease in a jar. Laurel says that that's not true because she's been using the cream for years, and Catwoman tells her that the only reason her scientist is dead is because someone wanted to keep the secret that the cream is toxic. Toxic. Laurel's like, are you suggesting my husband killed him? And Catwoman is like, I suggest you tell me where he is so I can ask him myself. And Laurel's like, all right, if you want to find him so bad, he's at this function as she hands him an invitation to a show. Laurel then offers her help and wonders how she can reach her if they ever need each other, and Catwoman tells her she doesn't really have a point of contact, and Laurel's like, oh, just take my phone. Mm. So, to us as the audience, it's not really a big mystery of who's behind the murder is. The murder. And I don't know why the movie is treating, like, Laurel as innocent. Because, one, if you watch it with subtitles in the beginning, it literally says Laurel did you do it is this the scientist did you deal with the scientist it literally says that and you can and you can hear her voice so it's not like we don't know and i don't think catwoman is really that stupid because she could just use the phone to track her and then be like oh and get catwoman out of the way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it wouldn't be that hard to get her out of the way and i'm just like are you dumb literally So next, we cut to the show that George is at with Drina, who's clearly bored. We then see Catwoman sneak into the building, but security spots her reflection and warns the others, and it wants the cops called. And this person who got that line to be like, hey, you should call the cops. It's really bad. It's really noticeable. And you're just like, oh my god. Oh my god. Can nobody act in this film? Literally. (laughs) We've cut back to Drina and George as Drina expresses that she's bored and would rather be doing anything else. George tells her not to think and to consider it a condition to their relationship. Drina just scoffs at him and gets up and leaves, and we never see this bitch ever again. Literally, like that was, and that was her one line. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't have got like someone younger looking for that. Mm-hmm. If you want to emphasize the point, like oh, we're um, oh, we're replacing you with her because she's younger and not be younger at all. So, since George isn't paying attention to anything else anyway, he doesn't see that Catwoman has now replaced Drina by sitting next to him. And George is deeply startled by this, while Catwoman shows off her glove nails, which are, uh, by the way, it's not ever addressed. I mean, you see it. Or whatever, but like, especially in the comments, those things are like diamond, like tipped, so she can cut through things easily. It's from a necklace. Yeah. That she kept. Yeah, and so. She also gives him the middle finger. She's like. <laughs> real, and so uh, shows off their those nails or whatever, while also giving him the middle finger, and so she then like scratches his face like across like his left cheek or whatever and gets on top of him on top of him to tell him that she knows about the company's cover-up as guards like start coming in from every angle like behind them uh, as well as like banging on like the box door that they're in you know and she tells george uh because uh sorry as i was saying and then she tells george that you know i know why you killed patients and he admits he's like i never did i never did that uh, as the cops like barge in and catwoman just like leaps to the stage leaps like a cat like mm-hmm. front like arms first mm-hmm. you know like she's pouncing and uh the performers that keep going thinking that it's like a part of the act you know mm-hmm. like haven't you been practicing this forever did you not notice it as well? i think it was just more of those like oh this just is keep for going. the this is for the theater just, we must keep going just keep going but the audience is like uh, they're like clueless. wow wow thank you character who didn't show up ever <laughs> uh and but she's able to avoid this and she uh you know and she the performers keep going she gets uh by all of them and 
the she gets distracted by all their flowing dresses for a second, but ultimately she's able to like escape off the stage. That shit pissed me off. Mara. Like, oh my god, we get it. She starts cat. scratching at the she's dresses. Like, Meow. <laughs> and so uh, she gets caught backstage by Tom, and which makes t- me think we can stop Patience Phyllis with just using that little red laser. Oh my thing. god, I was thinking about that. I'm like, are we gonna see something like that? And so and uh, she's backstage, and she gets she gets caught by Tom, and he's like, you're under arrest, but she's able to avoid him uh, from like putting handcuffs on her, and somehow he ends up like falling off some ledge and she catches him but he continues to like try and arrest her and she just like purrs in his ear Ew. first off I just want to say he doesn't know who you are bro you're assaulting him no for real like you're you're assaulting him dog and so the two like start fighting and she's able to like pull up after she pulls him up and he gets the handcuffs out and like start and it starts becoming like super sexual and weird by the way mm-hmm. I mean and then she gets him pinned down and he tries to like take off her mask but she's like uh uh-uh. uh or whatever and uh she's able to stop him and uh she's like i can't reveal myself on the first date or you know or she's like not on the first date mm-hmm. when he reaches for a mask and he's like uh uh and she and she's like oh well i'm taken you know and she's like oh uh, does she know about us and he's like there is no us by the way i love all those shitty one-liners like you love it. it it's great i love it. i hate it bro i'm just like oh my I'm god like, oh my god yes why do we have time for this nature is healing you've saved the uh, the cinema or whatever oh my god. to tom cruise uh so she like licks his face again assault as he tries to get the handcuffs on her and she's able to like slip out of those or she doesn't even even get them put on her really and she's able to just escape or whatever because like she gets cornered and she's like that's crazy but and then like shuts off all the lights mm-hmm. or whatever and so then we make, we cut to Tom having a very heated phone call about like Catwoman. Oh, it's not Tom, it's George. Or I'm George sorry. having a very yeah. te- the heated phone call about like Catwoman, mm-hmm. and uh, and how she know uh, and how like she knows everything, you know. And he looks uh, at his like new uh, scratches on his face or whatever. But then Laurel comes into the office and George just like hangs up the phone. And I just want to say the guy on the other end of that phone call is gonna be like. Did you just hang up on me? No, for real. <laughs> Are we still arguing, bro? Anyway, and George tells her, it's like, oh, you know, we'll be ruined if this gets out. But Laurel tells him, it's like, oh, uh, I'll give you better advice from now on, such as, like, stop taking Viagra like they're vitamins. And I'm just like, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, you know, and she continues to tell him to resist the urge to date children born on the same day cell phones were invented. And I was like, damn, just going for his fucking throat. Finish. And she man. tells him to, like, be a man. And when he, like, goes to slap her, he ends up, like, hurting his hand. Like, her face doesn't react at all. Mm-hmm. And he hurts his hand, and uh, she's like, "Oh, you know, uh, that toxic, be- that like, you know, that beauty cream I've been using has essentially turned my skin to marble." And I'm like, "How how do you like get up in the morning? <laughs> do you like? I can't li- sit up, guard." <laughs> we then cut to Patience getting ready for her date with Tom as Lois tries to help her find an outfit to wear. Patience confides in her, asking, "What if Tom doesn't like the real her?" And I'm pretty sure we've already had this conversation. Literally. Lois gives her some advice by saying Tom cannot pick and choose and that if he really wants this to work he'll like all of her. We then cut back to Laurel who's putting on a bunch of toxic cream on her neck as her maid is like hey can I go now? And she's like yeah girl enjoy your weekend. And I'm like I'm paraphrasing and reading in between the lines but like why was this scene needed? Like, we already know Laurel uses the cream. You don't need to show us we that get she it. uses the cream. She uses a fuck ton of cream, by the <laughs> yes, way. Yes, bro! It's, like, all from her cheek down to, like, her where her neck meets her she collarbone. Said, and I'm just like, okay, this hasn't hit shelves yet, so are you just, like, going back to the factory and grabbing more to test out or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. So we kept to Patience and Tom at a date at the sushi restaurant. We see Patience just staring at the fish... And honestly, same. Did the same thing as a kid. 
We see them at their table next when they get served like a whole bunch of sushi. And I thought to myself, it's got to be like at least $90. Because It's like a whole pal- yeah, platter of sushi. Because they're like, you know what those little sushi boats? Yeah. Those are at least like $90, bro. And Patience still has no job. <laughs> Poor. Anyway, once they get their food, Patience just eats their fish. Like she just eats the fish part and is like tearing it up. And Tom's like, wow, you really like sushi. And Patience laughs at herself and stops being weird with sushi and asks about Catwoman. Tom confesses that Catwoman kissed him and asks how she feels about that. And Patience says, oh, that depends. Do you like bad girls? And Tom tells her the whole bad girl thing doesn't really do it for him. So she asks if he has a gray area since sometimes good people can do bad things. Tom wants to change the subject and ask her what it is like to be an artist. And she tells him that she's not really an artist, but she did go to art school, but all she ended up doing was getting a regular job in advertising. But not now, she isn't sure what she is anymore. Tom says he knows what she is, and she's not like other girls. She's special. She's special. Oh, brother, this This guy guy stinks! (laughs) That would have made me roll my eyes. Literally. Tom tells her that he really likes her, and he wants to know more about her. We then cut to them walking through the city after their dinner date as Patience tells him that there's a few things she wants to explain. And Tom's like, oh, like your new look? And she laughs and says no, and he like spins her around. He's like, you know, you can tell me anything. And she tries to tell him that she's Catwoman, I'm assuming is what she's trying to say. Assuming. But then it starts to rain and she like freaks out trying to get them to cover since she hates water. And I'm like, (sighs) we get it? You're a cat. Which means she'd be hiding her little box, bro. Also, does she purr? Does she like, like, you know, the little thing that... Does it purr? <laughs> Tom then asks her what she's going to say, and Patience says, nothing important. And they end up making out. Mm-hmm. She takes him back to her apartment, and we get this very, like, PG-13, like, sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> after we, after all that, we see Tom, like, get up and walk around her apartment while she's sleeping. And he gets some water. When he, walking, when he walks back to the bed, he steps on one of her claws. Mm-hmm. Tom starts putting pieces together and now has Patience as the main suspect as he takes a glass with her DNA on it. We then see Patience wake up alone when the phone from Laurel starts to ring and tells her that she was right about the cream being toxic and that she has proof and that they need to team up and stop George before the cream hits the shelves. We do see that Tom has left a note for Patience and it says something came up and he had to go. We then cut to Tom at Forensic as we see that the DNA from the glass is the same as the kiss stain from his last encounter with Catwoman. We then cut to Catwoman once again making her way inside Laurel and George's home as she finds Laurel waiting for her. Catwoman asks what she found and Laurel tells her enough evidence to put someone away for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. She then monologues about how she was everything the company wanted her to be. She was never more beautiful and more powerful, but then she turned 40 and they threw her away. Whoa. We then t- she then tells Catwoman that all the evidence is there behind her desk, but when Catwoman goes to look, she finds a dead George with cuts that look like cat scratches all over him. Laurel comes up to her and is like, do you like it? Mm-hmm. And tells her that the claw marks were hard, but she thinks she pulled it off. And I thought that's like our kid with her noodle art. Mm-hmm. Do you like it? I do like it. <laughs> Catwoman puts two and two together and realizes that Laurel killed George, and Laurel tells her that nothing will stop her toxic beauty cream from hitting the shelves and making her rich. She then throws her a gun with Catwoman, which she catches, which I was like, why would you do that, you dumb bitch? Why would you catch the gun? Why would you catch the gun? Literally. So Laurel can press the panic button and frame Catwoman for killing her husband. 
Laurel then starts fake crying as the house security team starts chasing after Catwoman. We then see the cops arrive, including Tom, as Catwoman tries to make her escape. She sees some clothes that she can change into. We then see patients in normal clothes, and she's basically like, you know, this jogging suit, but it's like giving like Kill Bill jogging suit. And she's walking the streets, nervous. That's our second Kill Bill reference this <laughs> month. I know. So I we know. see patients like, well, I was burping. I'm sorry. I know you're just funny. So we see patients like walking, and she's like super nervous about every cop that passes her by. But I'm like, girl, don't stop making it obvious. So we then see that George's death is being televised on the news, and she starts to get teary-eyed as she sees Tom getting interviewed about Catwoman. We then cut to patients arriving at her apartment, where she sees Tom waiting for her, as well as police officers arriving to arrest her. Mm-hmm. So while being interrogated Tom by Tom, patients tries to explain that she knows about the toxic cream, and that's been Laurel the whole time behind all these murders. Tom is like, okay, but the gun was in your hand that night. George died. And tearfully, she reminds him it was in Catwoman's hand. And Tom yells at her, what's the difference? She tells him that she guesses that doesn't matter anymore. Tom then tells her that in every case, they have all the evidence points to her. She tearfully asks him to just believe her. She then asks him if he remembers the first time they met, and he nods. And then she asks him what he saw on her that day. He tells her he just saw a girl trying to rescue a cat, and she reminds him that all he saw that day was a crazy person on a ledge trying to jump, and didn't the evidence point to that? But it turns out that the more he looked into it, there was more to the story that day. She asks him to just believe her, and he tells her how can he since he doesn't know who she is, and she reminds him that she's still the same girl he was last night. He was with last night. Okay, sorry, God. Yeah. Tom then gets her locked up in a cage, and the guard tells her to be in a cage, you mean a, a cell? Oh, yeah. That word. So they get it caged like a cat. <laughs> so the guard tells her to be a nice kitty and she just like hisses at him. Because she's a cat. <laughs> Back with Tom re-looking at all the evidence as his co-worker tells him to look at the bright side. That even though he lost his girl, at least they got their man. Back with patients in the cell, Midnight comes to say hi by getting through the bars. While patients pets her, she starts to remember what Ophelia told her. That she spent her whole life caged, but by accepting who you are and all of who you are, then you can be free, and freedom is power. As she thinks about this, she sees a billboard for the toxic cream and thinks about this whole thing isn't just about her anymore. She thanks Midnight for giving her the idea to escape, but tells her that Lassie would have just brought her a key. This movie is already bonkers, but I really wish Midnight could talk. Do I look like a dog? <laughs> nah, for real. Do I look like Lassie? And so Patience just, like, slips through the bars somehow. Dude, my fat ass could never... Why are there prison bars on the outside window of this jail cell? Yeah. Also, y'all's AC bill is fucking awful. <laughs> y'all got open windows, like, that 24-7. And so she slips through the bars and is able to, like, jump out the window uh, outside. And she almost gets hit by a car. The car is a, a Jaguar, by the way. Get it? Because she's a cat. And, uh, and the guy who's driving is like, oh, are you okay? And she's like, uh, you know, a girl like me always lands on my feet before fucking stealing this guy's car. And so, uh, by the way, I just really hope Midnight, like, stay in the cell long enough for the guards to be like, oh my god, she, boss, she turned into a cat. <laughs> and so we then cut to Laurel, who continues to hold the press conference uh, on her dead husband's behalf by telling the press that he would want to continue the dream that every woman has, and that's to be whatever she wants to be. And that he dedicated his life to pursuing that dream. And she tells him that uh, she's the new chief executive and that she'll continue moving forward with the launch. And they then hold an after party where all the women get a free cup of the cream. And Tom makes an appearance and Laurel's happy to, like, see him, you know. And announces to the whole party that he's the man who brought her husband's killer to justice. And you know what everybody says to that? Clap. Yay! 
Clap, clap. And everyone just claps, you know, and Tom's like, can I have a word? And she's like, oh yeah, step into my office. And we then see the cream like going out in like trucks and like to be shipped out and Catwoman like tries to, or patients, whatever, tries to sneak her way back into the building. And how no, did she, Catwoman. How'd she get, yeah, how'd she get her outfit, her outfit back, by the way? No, literally. Would the police not have taken that shit? Well, either way, if the police had taken it, she would either have to like, either the police took it or it's back in her apartment, but either way, she had to go back and get it and change. Literally. <laughs> either way. And so, uh, we then see Catwoman uh, chain up all the truck, like the front tires or whatever, and so they can't. We we think it's so they can't leave, but then she like drives a semi truck that's pulling that chain, and then mm-hmm. she just yanks the front tires off the trucks. And I guess that's one way to do it, but like you're telling me, none of these guys have ever changed a tire. Well, I mean, like I think she ripped off the whole axle. Though. I mean, I don't think that. I, I, I don't know. It looked. Like, I don't think one truck can do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, it just looked like. It just looked like it just ripped off the tire. And if even at wor- worst case scenario, I guess it would rip off the bolts. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm literally just a dude with, on a podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. Period. Oh, no, come, come back. Yeah, you go. Back with Laurel and Tom. As she goes over what happened with George, and Tom tells her that there were no claw marks on the scientist, and she concludes that Catwoman must not have had a, enough time to leave any. Tom tells her that Catwoman had no mo- motive to kill the scientist. And ask Laurel what if he told her he knew the truth of who was really behind killing her husband. Laurel's like, you make it sound like I'm a suspect. And Tom tells her that Perhaps. he may have, may have evidence. And Laurel challenges this by saying that if you had any evidence, then I would be in cuffs. Tom tells her that they can make some sort of deal. And she asks if he can really make that evidence go away and pin it on Catwoman. Tom asks her if that's what she wants him to do. Laurel smiles and asks what he wants out of this and he tells her that she's already given her what he wants and that it was her. Laurel then asks why would he believe that it was her and he tells her because he trusted a friend and Laurel's like well that friend just got you killed and pulls out a gun mm-hmm. and just shoots him. Tom while she down said. while down on the ground bleeding he tells Laurel not to be a stupid girl and not to kill a cop and Laurel's like I am a woman and I said period anyway before Laurel kills Tom, she tells him to give her regards to her husband, but before she can shoot, a whip a whip pulls the gun out of her hand, and it's Catwoman coming to save the day. Catwoman then grabs Tom and they run out of there and calls out and Laurel calls out to them that she will just kill them both as she calls for backup. We then cut to Catwoman and Tom running through the halls and stuff as they encounter security, but Catwoman is able to take care of that easily as they continue to move forward until Tom can't anymore and needs to rest for a second because, you know, he's bleeding out. Catwoman asks how he's doing and Tom is clearly downplaying how badly he has been injured and tells her that he is sorry and that he should have trusted her all along. Catwoman then tells him that he must be confusing her with someone else. They then hear a door squeak, and it's the two security guards swooping through looking for them, as well as Laurel, who falls right behind. And the security guards are the same guys from earlier, mm-hmm. so I thought they were different guys, but no, it's the same guy. Catwoman is able to get one of the guys in a surprise attack, and I don't know if she killed him, but it makes it seem like she killed him. Very and I was just so. like, oh my god. Tom, being left behind and vulnerable, sees the other security guard. We then see Tom is able to sneak attack him by using a blunt force object to take him down. And that guard is probably dead too, or at least severely injured. Mm-hmm. Has a sustained brain injury. Perhaps. <laughs> Laurel makes her way around with a gun, and Catwoman surprises her and tells her that she should have never trusted her because she's fake. 
Laurel asks if she is some kind of hero and starts shooting at her, but loses sight of Catwoman and continues to taunt her by calling her a thief and a freak. Laurel asks her if she doesn't have an identity, why keep it a secret then? And Catwoman sneaks up behind her and tells her because she killed patients. So they start fighting, and while Laurel is down, Catwoman tells her that it was her she flushed down the pipes. She then smacks Laurel in the face with the gate door and tells her that she is patient Phillips, and Laurel's like, oh, so that's who's under there? Uh-huh. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's the best line that was delivered in this movie. Yeah. Because she's like, that's who's under there? Like, she's genuinely shocked. So as the two continue to fight, Catwoman is able to throw her through a big photograph. Catwoman then continues to keep kicking her through more big photos until Laurel tells her that she can't get hurt. Catwoman is able to piece together that it must be the cream that is able to prevent Laurel from getting hurt, and Laurel explains that if she stopped using it, then her face would fall off. Laurel then grabs the pipe and starts like flailing it around to hit Catwoman, but she evades every shot as she further explains as long as she keeps using her cream, her face is like marble. Mm-hmm. They continue to fight as Catwoman backs her up into a glass, but Laurel just tells her that she can't fill the thing. Kind of like Botox. That's crazy. So Laurel grabs a fire extinguisher, hoping that would take out Catwoman, but only gives her time to sneak away from her and surprise attack her from behind. Now fighting on a glass platform, Catwoman is able to push her into more glass, and Laurel is down. Catwoman checks to see if she really is down, but Laurel uses this as a distraction to stab Catwoman with a nearby piece of glass. How dare he. And Catwoman screams, and we see this scream in, like, two different angles, and it's the most unhidden scream I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And I'm just like, Jesus. So Catwoman is able to get the glass out of her side as Laurel picks up the pipe she had before and tells her that Catwoman is just a scared little girl playing dress-up and takes another swing at her. By her second swing, she's able to hit Catwoman, and she gets several hits in and kicks until she has Catwoman pinned up against the glass window. As Laurel tells her that she is stupid for going back and trying to save the cop, Laurel continues to hit her with the pipe, but as Catwoman moves to avoid it, Laurel hits the glass behind, behind her, causing her, causing it to crack. Laurel hits the glass again, and it shatters. A Catwoman hangs on to the side so she doesn't fall. Laurel tells her it's game over, but Catwoman tells her, but guess what? It's overtime. Same energy as clobbering time. Real. Catwoman is then able to propel herself up out of the window, jump back inside, and then gets the high ground by using her whip. She then crawls all around the walls while also whipping Laurel. Reparations. Catwoman is able to catch the whip on Laurel's hand and bring her closer. She claws at her face to reveal she's been wearing heavy makeup and that her face has been disfigured from the cream. We then see Catwoman, like, kick her. But you can tell in production that she didn't really hit her. Like, like, yeah. Like, the way that, like, the punch is, like, sounding. It's very, like, that was a fake punch. Yeah, it, it definitely takes you out of it. Literally. So she kicks her again, leading Laurel towards the broken window and kicking her in the chest, causing her to fall out the window, but she grabs onto a nearby bar, holding on for her dear life. Catwoman then tells her to give her a hand, but upon seeing her own reflection, she just gets disgusted. Because her face is now disfigured. Yeah. But then she asks Catwoman for help, and then lets go of the bar. And I thought it was going to be like one of those, like, oh, I can't live with myself because I'm ugly situations. Literally. But then she asked for help, so I was, like, super confused as to why... Like, what... It didn't make any sense. No, for real. And so, we then see Laurel fall, and she falls for, like, a while. Like, mm-hmm. like it's gonna be like, you know how you see, like, flying squirrels fall? And they're like, oh, they're gonna make it, but she just, like, fucking... She does a little flips and yeah, like, loop-de-loops. The, the flip through... had me fucking dying, by no, the way. Do a flip! 
And she, like, uh, as she falls, she goes through another glass window and lands on her brand's logo that, like, zaps her when she, when she lands. You know, just so you know for sure that she's dead. <laughs> and so Catwoman looks on at Laurel's body. I know, shame. And as Tom comes to join her, and she tells him that, you know, I may not be a hero, but I'm certainly not a killer. And Tom's like, oh, you know, once Laurel's boys start talking, they'll be able to wrap up all these murder cases pretty easily. But only if uh, you're back in your cell by tomorrow morning so as to not prove that you were never Catwoman, you know. And so we then get this dramatic shot of Laurel's dead body as we cut to, like, a newspaper. This is like, oh, uh, Catwoman has saved untold lives. Okay, and by the way, so there... You know how, like, her friend was in the hospital the whole time and she's, like... There's, like, this under... Like, there's, like, this C-plot of her friend like being like oh she's my like God. oh that's one hot doctor yeah hot doctor hot doctor and the doctor comes over and she's like oh i think i have a fever and she like he like checks her temp mm-hmm. or temperature or whatever but like when she's reading the newspaper it's it's her friend uh lois, lois. and the doctor comes and kisses her on the forehead and he uh, shares his strawberry with her and you're like okay all right go lois <laughs> lois got some riz bro no, literally. anyway and so uh, we then see Ophelia getting a painting from Patience with a note that says, thank you for everything. As we get a voiceover from Patience that, uh, that's like reading a letter for Tom mm-hmm. saying that, you know, like, uh, the day I die, that, that Patience died was the day she, uh, she started to live. In her old life, she longed for someone to see what was special in her and says that someone did that, did, and for that, they'll always be in her heart. But what she really needed was for herself to see it. And she tells Tom that he's a good man, but he lives in a world that has no place for someone like her. And she tells him that sometimes she's good and sometimes she's bad, but only as bad as she chooses to be. She continues to tell us that freedom is power, to live a life untamed and unafraid as the, uh, of the gift that she has been given. And she says that now her journey begins. We then see Patience as Catwoman walking on rooftops as Midnight, uh, like the cat, looks on as she walks, she like uh, whips or whatever. And I kind of expected for like, as the whip crack to end, it would cut the black, but mm-hmm. it did. It just whips, uh, she uses her whip and then puts it back or whatever. And uh, we're just off to see whatever shenanigans she gets into next. This is the one and only Catwoman. The, the end. end. Woo! So <laughs> Why do you think this movie is so bad? It's just bad. Like uh, I don't think there was any real direction. Oh, no, for sure. There was no, think- like... And I think, honestly, diverting so hard from the original source material is probably hindering it so bad. Literally. No, yeah. Definitely. And I can't tell if they were afraid to use the Selena Kyle, like, like afraid to use that because Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, well, this is bad and this could look bad and then my movie can't be made. No. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So I feel like that was the only thing that that could, like, be done, but I'm not entirely sure. But, like, everything about it, like, Halle Berry's performance and then, like, the writing, the the whole arc, the fact that, like, the whole, like, villain storyline is just so, like, ridiculous. It's not even funny. Mm-hmm. So, Christian, one of the cr- criticism was the hyper-sexualization of Catwoman. I'm fine with this. And I personally think that's just her character. What yeah. do you think? Catwoman has kind of always been like that. Mm-hmm. I mean your choice whether you're into into it or not but like that mm. it is what it is i guess yeah i don't know there's no real other way to say it like catwoman has kind of just always been hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. so what do you think of the villain slash villain arc the villain slash what arc villain arc oh uh oh villain slash villain arc mm-hmm. uh i mean there wasn't like a we see her get worse you know mm-hmm. she's kind of just like bad from the get-go 
I wouldn't say bad. It's just more like I think she discovered that she had this power and was like, okay, well, I'm going to use this. And it was just kind of like the opportunities kind of presented themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they were for her own personal gain, but I think everything that was was kind of like, oh, okay, I don't need this to get out. I'm going to kill them. Literally. I don't need this to get out, so I'm going to kill them. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just think it was so stupid. I feel like all the villains that we have in fucking Batman's universe, like, why? Why? Like, why do you have to kill... Like, I feel like the plot is so simple, and the fact that even in real life, it would have, like, fixed itself I anyway. feel like the difference between Marvel and DC is that Marvel, the villains, or whatever, have, like, goals, you know, and... and she didn't have one. And in, like, DC, the villains are kind of just villain, like, bad because they're bad, you yeah. know? Like, Lex Luthor, he has everything. He's rich, he's super smart, but he's just like, I'm gonna be an asshole, you know? Same with Joker. I mean, Joker's, like, crazy or whatever, but, you know, same thing. He's just in love with Batman. Real. So what do you think could have made this film better? A lot of things. Like what? Better writing. I was gonna say that. I feel like if they had, like, a better writing, and have definitely used... And an actual, like direction to put the story in, you know? Yeah. It's kinda all over the place. Do you like the fact that like Patient Phillips is kind of like her own thing? I mean yeah, I mean that's fine. Mm-hmm. I had no issue with that. It was just like it wasn't like that, you know? Like mm-hmm. it would have been cool if like she like if she was Catwoman because, you know, it uh she couldn't afford rent. So she would like steal jewelry to like pay for it, you know? Like and she has like motivation, like, oh well you don't agree with her because she's technically not a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, I understand, you're just trying to like live, you know? Yeah. But no you no, you get god cat powers. <laughs> you get god cat powers. Literally. Alright, Christian, is this a puff puff pass or a puff puff smash? Personally I'm torn on what to say. Well the movie was bad, don't get me wrong. It's also I could watch it again. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna say You can I'm, say a puff puff meh. I want to, but I'm committed to the pass or smash, so all or smash or pass, whatever. So I'll, I'll say it's a puff puff pass. Can you definitely pass on this one if you would like, but how would you rate it? <sighs> I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna give it a one. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a two. Okay. I gave I, I gave like Moonfall a one. <laughs> this gets a two. This gets a two. All right, nightmare. For the sole reason of it was better than Moonfall. Oh my god. Uh, give it a nightmare blunt rotation. Nightmare blunt rotation? Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, whatever the main villains lady was, it starts with an L. I just can't remember. Laurel. Right now. Laurel. Or Yanny. Yanny, if you're whatever you feel. <laughs> Laurel. Um, uh, midnight. Okay. I'm like, why is the cat talking to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, the facial cream <laughs> and the sewage island. Oh my god. Okay, I my nightmare blunt rotation would definitely be um, Ophelia's house. Oh my god. Um, definitely the jacket that she wore when she was playing basketball with Tom. Uh-huh. Hated that outfit. Those ugly ass shoes she kept wearing. Ugly ass shoes. Dude, they were so ugly. I hated them. Um. Let me think. One more thing. One more thing. Um, I'm probably gonna go with the CGI uh, cat of Midnight. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gonna go with. Specifically, it's breath that they CGI'd into her face. That is. Oh, I remember that. I was like, get your stinky cat breath out of my face. All right, you guys. We are a puff puff pass. We are the couple 
that is smoking in the background. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter or X, however you want to call it, at Puff Pass Podcast, where we post all sorts of things on there. Christian sometimes posts reviews, and I just post memes. If you'd like to DM us to just say hi... Hello. Hello. Um, if you would like to tell us your thoughts on the film or any hashbacks you have, as well as a dream or nightmare blunt rotation, you can email us at puffpasspodcast23 at, at gmail.com. Alright. Sahara. Yes. I think that just about wraps this up. Uh, do you know what our next movie is? Mm-hmm. Our movie next week is... It was going to be Steel, but we decided not to do that. That was Christian's movie. I was like, I, honest to God, I I took it down because I couldn't find anywhere to watch it. I'm honestly. pretty sure it was... I mean, YouTube, but like, if we're going to rent a movie, you know, I mean... Yeah. I don't know. Also, I took it down because I'm like, I feel like for it to be a bomb, it has to be like expected to do well, and then mm-hmm. just doesn't. Okay. That, that was my thing. For rules. Us. Rules for the month. Yeah. All right. Well, our next movie, we will be covering Sinbad Legends of the Seven Seas, which I have never seen. I've never seen it too, but I've always wanted to. I know. Same. I want to see why people hated it. No, for real. I need to know. Because I do. I love this era of. Animation. I'm pretty sure Michelle Pfeiffer's in that movie. Dude, dude well. I love this animation. Yeah, it's really good. Like it reminds this, me of uh, uh, Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. And, uh, like, Eldorado. Yes, Eldorado. Eldorado. Yeah. Uh, Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. this animation. Yeah. So we're excited. So we'll be covering that cartoon. So. Check that out next week, you guys. Check that out. Alright. For real. Say bye, Christian. Bye. You're gonna love this shot, dude. Just wait. It's just so fucking stupid. Like, like it would have been great if it was just that shot, like right there. But it's it's they show him. It's corny as hell, bro. Like, it's so fucking bad.
But I committed to the bit. Christian's like, it's okay. done. It's finally it's over. Fine. The dream. Uh, it's fucking. What is it? Fucking Clone Wars. Cl- Clone Wars. The dreams, or the mission, the nightmares. It's finally over. Oh my god. <laughs> like, it was so fucking. St- I but like I had I committed. Like season two to three was really good, and I was like, oh, it's gonna get better, right? Mm-mm. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you have too much of a long show and not knowing where you know how to start it and you know what you want to do with the ending, but the middle you have you have no idea how to get to point A to point B, and it's so obvious. And Literally. I hate shit like that. And it's like Balenciaga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading your notes. <laughs> I think that's that lady, though. What? <laughs> the lady that plays uh, Ophelia. That's her. Oh, my God. No, because when I see uh, Balenciaga, I think of, like... Oh, the AI thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Master has presented Dobby with Balenciaga. Dobby is free. Oh, my God.